Hey y'all, welcome to Holy Coitus, a community of hosts, H-E-A-U-X. We are humans who engage in consensual coitus, are kind to ourselves and partners, creative, fully embodied, unapologetic, powerful, and free. My mission is to encourage everybody and everyone to claim or reclaim their sexual agency and voice, regardless of what parts you were born with or changed, where you live, what you did in the past, what you learned in the past, what you plan to do in the future, whether you've had zero sex partners or countless a week, your host story is welcome here. You are welcome here. Hey, hey, y'all. Welcome to my podcast. My name is Chinea, and this is my little corner of the world called Holy Coitus. I love basically talking to people about sex or not having sex, their bodies, and their thoughts on the world from a lens of sexuality, specifically sexual agency, sexual voice, um, and reclaiming that or claiming it for the first time. I am so glad you're here. As a reminder, your story is welcome here as well. So if you're interested in sharing your host story on the airwaves, please message me. Find my work at Holy Coitus on Instagram and it's H-E-A-U-X-L-Y-C-O-I-T-U-S. That information is in the title of the podcast, The Holy Coitus, and also in the show notes. Today's guest is very special to me. I think we talk about the story on or somewhere in the in the episode, but I want to make sure that I do share it because it was special. I was minding my own business on Facebook and we had a mutual friend who <clears throat> uh, was being very unkind. This, this was when, you know how like, <sighs> you know how people, when they're in their silos, they just start reposting things because, and it's like silo information. So like, just like if you are a pro-life person then and then you're going to find things that are very pro-life because algorithms because big data whatever and so she um grew we grew up in the same church she was several years older than i um and she posted something about gender is assigned by god and can never be changed and this was um, I don't know what was happening in the media at the time, but they were talking, oh, uh, transgender rights bills in like Texas and Florida, of course. So she decided to re, re, uh, post this, um, little meme thing. And, uh, I saw it and I rolled my eyes because she is a person who like writes or reposts things like this all the time. I get it. Fine, whatever. And um, my guest today, Aiden, uh, wrote a beautiful passage to her and saying that his lived experience does not support this. And God loves him anyway. And I saw his bravery and I was like, wow, he needs to share his whole story. And so I messaged him and I was like, I saw what this lady said to you. It was deeply unkind, but I have a podcast and I would love to um, have you on as a guest. And he was like, oh my God, yes. I don't think he said, oh my God, that's a paraphrase, but he was like, absolutely. So this is my new favorite person on the internet, Aiden. Um, His story is beautiful and talks about um, 
a lot of the intersections that I'm super passionate about, which is sexual agency and voice, also racism, also growing up in white evangelicals, churches in the South, because uh, I grew up in that way as well. Um, Also, he is a musician. And so at the end of this podcast, he is... Um, He has graciously let me get like 45 seconds of his new single that is coming out soon. And I just listened to it before pushing the record button here. And y'all, it is fire. So um, please stay tuned to the end of the episode. Listen and like and subscribe to his work. Find him, um, hire him, support him, listen to his stuff, um, share his story with whomever you may find, because I truly believe that when we humanize the news and when we humanize data and statistics the world does change because we have to look at ourselves as individuals and not just like headlines that we can get angry at so um his instagram is king aiden and that's k-i-n-g-a-i-d-e-n mine holy coitus and also enjoy this conversation chat with you later Hello, everyone, and welcome to my podcast. My name is Jenea, and I have a a fellow ho, and I'm super excited. Um, My podcast is focused on making sure that people share or have an opportunity to share their story as it connects to their body, their sexuality, their gender, blah, blah, blah. And so, hello, friend. What is your name? What are your pronouns? And also, what's your story? Hey, I go by King Aiden, and... My pronouns are he, him, his, and I'm a black trans man who also is a musician that has their music up on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere that you can find, and also I grew up in a religious cult, and I'm here to share my story to uh, shed a light and also show people that no matter what they go through, you can always get out of it and make a new life for yourself. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Okay. Well, not excited about the trauma part, but excited that you are here to share your story with everybody. Um, so I want to talk just briefly. I found you on the internet um, because we had a mutual friend and we had multiple mutual friends and they were not nice to you. And I wrote and I was like, can you, can you please talk to my, to the people? So that's how I found you. And um, so can you talk about like your upbringing? Like what and first question I like to ask folks is, um, who taught you about sex and your body? And also, what did you learn? Um, I would say I learned of my parents since I lived in a, a cult growing up and stuff. We really didn't talk about it. Hmm. So I had to learn through sex, through um, peers, um, school, um, sex education when we did have classes like that. And, you know, just experimenting by myself. Mm. I think um, a lot of that um, in religion and stuff, they try to put a downer on sex. They try to make it sinful and lustful. And it's not, or at least where I grew up, and that's not um, the case. It's a very beautiful and respectful thing loving thing that i found out about sex Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yes and then so what is the the cult part like 
that's uh, a specific way to grow up. And then I want to know, like, how you got into it. Like, what did it look like? What are some of the uh, characteristics? What's the personality of, of the entity that you um, grew up in? Well, my family. Um, I'm biracial, so my white side of my family, my mom is white, my dad is black, African-American. Mm-hmm. The Caucasian side of my family, and I, um, they had to ask the church if it was okay for me to come in because of my skin color. Wow. Once they said that I was an exception, I was able to enter the church as a very, very young child, probably about two. Mm. The women were in long jean skirts. The men wore pants. They were not allowed to wear shorts. Mm. It was a belief, and if you did not go to that church or believe in the way they did, that you were going to hell. Mm. If you if you were gay, you were going to hell. If you were if you cheated on your wife, you were going to hell. Um, it was a lot of, I say religious trauma because anything wrong that you do and you're told that the person that made you, God, does not love you because of what you did, that puts a lot of um, bad negativity in your brain. Mm-hmm. Where a lot of trauma. So on self-confidence, on just... Socially, I, um, after coming out of the religious trauma and going to therapy, I realized that I do have autism. Mm. That was something that they suppressed. Can you talk about that with the, the autism diagnosis? Because you're the third or fourth person on my podcast with like an autism diagnosis who had trouble in church. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. I think that um, the church tries to hide, like, birth defects, diseases, anything like that. They, in, in the church that I grew up in, they did at least. Um, they always just want to pray about it mm. and not do anything further. Mm. I'm sorry, but you can't pray autism away. <laughs> fair. It's fair. I'm sorry. That's just not... I wish I had prayed about it and I'm afraid to try to take it away. Mm. But no, that's just not... That's not how it works. God, I had to learn that. He gave me a gift, a story of who I am, and I've got to share that with others to help them. Mm-hmm. I can't... I, I can no longer stay silent. Right. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um... Thank you for sharing that piece. Now, I'm curious about the... You you said that someone had to take you into the church and ask if it was okay for you to be there because you had brown skin. Um, yes. So I'm assuming that there were other like racial situations that happened. And also, I'm deeply concerned that you were a baby and brown. And they still had to ask. It's not like you were a grown person. This is fascinating. Mm -hmm. This is where I say I've grown up in a cult. Because this is not okay. (laughs) Yeah, 
for sure. Um, can you talk about the, when did you realize that this was not okay and that you needed some help to get out or that you needed to transition into uh, therapy? Like what was the, what was the moment for you? Well, it started when I was around, I would say 14, 14, 15, around there, mm -hmm. where my parents weren't getting along with my grandparents at the time. And so my parents took me out of church, took mm -hmm. me out of seeing them. And when I went to my grandparents, which I was there with them a lot, that's where we went. Mm. Taking a step out of that, my parents put me in therapy because they knew that, um, or they saw that there was a lot wrong with me. Mm. You know, that I needed help, like stuff wasn't adding up. I was just socially not, not there, not making connections, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't need therapy, and I, I'm still in therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be in therapy the rest of my life. Same. <laughs> I'll be working on myself. Same. <laughs> I'll yes. be working on myself and helping others through that. Mm. But um, as far as, you know, my grandparents did have a foreign exchange student. Really? That, yes. That went to the church and the church allowed them to go there. And she was from Vietnam. Ah, all right. So Vietnamese people are okay. That was the only exception. Mm. That was, it was just me and her, and that was it. Wow. And what is happening to the, the cult right now? Does it still exist? Do you know people it's, that are connected? And my uncle is in there, and... My grandfather just passed away, so we had a funeral, and all the family had to be together. Mm. Well, I'm a black trans man. Mm. He's still in the cult. Mm. When we went to the funeral, he wouldn't even look at me. And when he did, he made the smirk, the smirk face. His kids wouldn't even look at me. His kids were scared and shy and timid to do anything. It was sad to see, because yeah. they're just, they're in the cult. Mm -hmm. And those are my cousins. Wow. You know? And then my grandfather, my other grandfather, he won't even hug me. He's scared to touch me. Mm. Like, is there something? Right, right. Oh my gosh. Okay, had to take a quick pause. So you went to the funeral, they wouldn't look at you. Um, <clears throat> that's shocking. What is it like with your family outside of the church? Like, would they have a conversation with you or would they not? Does the church um, expectations bleed into regular life? Yes. Mm. So that's why my uncle won't have a conversation with me and my, grand my other grandfather won't even touch me or hug me. Mm. It's because it bleeds on to your normal life, like your regular life outside the church. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You have to live that, and they all hang out together. Everybody that's at that church, they all hang out together on their free time, and they're associated with each other. Mm -hmm. That's it. 
Wow. Um, so I think we're in your story, we're at about like 14 ish, 15 ish. And so you got into therapy because there were challenge, you were having challenges that you needed some assistance with. Um, Mm -hmm. so what happened next? Like what happened in your journey, um, at the end, the tail end of your teenage years? Telling my teenage years, well, I went to a lot of different therapists before I found the one that I liked, (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. or that worked for me. They told me I need to get out, you know, immediately, and, you know, withdrawal and all that stuff, so I did. I just didn't go back. Um, It created a big problem. Because that I can't go back to that church because it it creates a problem to where they don't they abandon you like if you abandon the church they abandon you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I can't go back there. That's kind of like breaking Amish or something. <laughs> once you're once you um, aren't Amish anymore, mm. you can't. You're like excluded. That's me. Right. Right. So after that, I just um, made my life here in Bowling Green with um, the other side of my family mm-hmm. because they uh, <laughs> Wow. That's incredible. Um, so what was it like to like explore life once you had gotten out of the cult? Like, did life seem real different? Like, or did you have, like, the transition yeah. in everyday things? It's, it's still different for me. Seriously. Like, I'm still adjusting. Yeah, like, there's... Because you grow up as a little baby, and you're told all of these things all up until your adolescent years. Mm. So it's all you know. Mm. You don't anything else so I'm still you know trying to see you know what is normal what's not Mm. you know um, I'm wearing shorts right now that feels kind of (laughs) weird wow do you get what I'm like yeah it has a mental toll on you Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm and you can get out of it with a lot of work, mm-hmm. but it's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Because you're brainwashed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Um, so let's talk a bit about the, after the transition and after the, you realize that this is, you're trying to figure out your new safe space. Um <clears throat> And the religious trauma piece, like, for people who don't understand religious trauma, can you give, like, a 101, like, what does this feel like in your body? What does this feel like in your mind? Like, what happens if you, do you escalate or do you stay monitored? Like, what is, what is it, um, how does it manifest in your mind and in your body? For example, religious trauma how it manifests in the body. Um, 
my cousin at the funeral, she's 13. She wouldn't look at anybody in the eyes. She was scared to touch, reach over and pat somebody on the shoulder. She's kind of like, you know, timid. Mm. Like, say hey to you. I can't do this. You know, what am I? Who am I? Does Is God going to hate me if I fail my math test tomorrow? Mm. Something little like that. Anything that you don't do perfect is looked at as a sin. Mm. So, and the humans aren't perfect, so you're going to grow up imperfect. Mm. And that's going to pull on you because you're supposed to be perfect in their eyes. Right. That would mess up anybody. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, for folks who have struggled with a degree of religious trauma, um, can you talk a bit about like the healthy strategies of getting from like a negative idea that gets in your head to a positive one or one that is healthy? Hold on. My mom's here. One second. No problem. No problem. Okay, so can you talk about, um, like, so when you have a, 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 a thought in your mind or a negative, like, path, neural pathway that you're like, okay, this is, this is not healthy, what are the things that you say to yourself in order for you to get back into a healthy space? For those of us who have some degree of religious trauma. Well, I um, recite, what are they called? Um, I guess they're called affirmations. Like, mm-hmm. I am loved, I am kind, I am. I recite uh, positive details about myself to myself in my head. Mm-hmm. They're called replacement thoughts. Mm-hmm. And that is a technique that I learned in therapy to get those negative racing thoughts out of my head mm-hmm. and just replace them with I am kind I am nice I am loving mm. mm-hmm. I'm just re reprimanding that to yourself until you feel better yeah. in a moment to get you out of that you know dark place mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh my gosh yes um, okay so I'm not sure what direction to go now in your, in your story, if we should go the, the gender identity side or the church side. Um, let me look at my note thing. Okay, so let's talk about the, what it's like to be black, what it's like to be trans where you are. Um, and also, I'd like to know about your transition from um, into your, your identity as a trans man. So my identity as a trans man, a black trans man, that came, okay, we can go back to how young in church and um, the women were wearing long jean skirts to Mm. their ankles and the men were wearing pants. Mm. I hated wearing a dress and a skirt. Mm. And that across from 
um, the men and just stare at them in their pants. Like, that's no fair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was hilarious. (laughs) I just remember that as a young kid, and I didn't understand it. Why was I sitting there thinking that this was just so unfair, and I dreaded going just because I had to put that stupid dress on. I couldn't... (laughs) <laughs> oh my god it's so funny <laughs> I would sit there and envy what they got to wear versus what the women got to wear and I knew you know that wasn't normal <laughs> <laughs> oh my but, um, gosh no I you know I thought you know with all the religious trauma and stuff I was going to hell all this stuff and Working through things in therapy, they're like, you're trans. Really? Yeah. I didn't know what the word transgender meant. Mm-hmm. I didn't know, you know, what trans was. Caitlyn Jenner wasn't even out. You know, I didn't know what, you know, it wasn't a thing, really. And so I would be on Google, I remember, as a teenager, and I would type in, I'd be like, why do I feel like a boy inside? Because mm. I didn't, I didn't, I was just looking for answers. Mm-hmm. And I had to go through, you know, therapy. And they had to let me know what I was struggling with. <laughs> wow. So when you talk about, like you said, in therapy, what, okay, I have two questions. And I don't know which way you want to answer them. So, like, you said that when you were in therapy and there were things that you were struggling with, what were those things? And then also, can you give us, like, a trans 101 definition of, like, how do you, how are you defining this term for yourself? And, like, what does this mean? For those folks who are not familiar with um, okay. trans identity. Um, transgender would be, um, in my mind and my brain, has always been male. I've had a birth defect to where my body is still female. So I've had to go to the doctors and change my physical body to match my brain Mm -hmm. on the inside. Mm -hmm. So now my mind is male, my body is male. Mm -hmm. When somebody does not transition and you have the opposite gender in your brain with the opposite body, that creates a lot of gender dysphoria which is like being inside the wrong body to where if you were um let's say you were a male and you had breasts how would that make you feel if you if you didn't want to be a female Mm. that would be very very uncomfortable that would be like you not having that anymore just being flat chested that make you feel really weird Mm-hmm. Because that's not you. Mm-hmm. So that's how I was feeling inside. I was feeling claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. So being transgender is just being born inside the wrong body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, what was it like um, for you to start using your pronouns in like... Um, like the first days of you saying, I am a trans man. Um, yes. After 
being born in the wrong body? Like, what was that? What were those first experiences like for you? Oh, it was really, it was really interesting. And it was crazy. It was like, I knew that this was supposed to be me. But a lot of people don't have that um, urge on they know that this is them or not, so they don't know if they should transition. So what therapy does is um, before you transition, you live socially a year as yourself. So before I transitioned, I lived by my name Aiden, and I went by he pronouns for a year before Mm. I decided to transition to see if that fit me. Mm. And so it's feeling... Um, when I was just going around and having people call me by he, him pronouns and stuff, that was making me feel more whole and, like, more acknowledged. Like, oh, wow, I'm being acknowledged now. I feel like me. And it made me smile and um, mm-hmm. feel really happy. So I knew by the time that year was up that I was going to transition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and so what... Um, what happened in your family at that time? Were they supportive or not? I know that the church wasn't. Also, like, did you... The church definitely was not supportive. Um, any church that I went to in Bowling Green was not supportive of my transition as I was a worship leader. Mm. Um, I was a worship leader at Woodburn. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I was there about four or five days a week. I also helped the youth in worship. And I directed the whole band and everything. Uh, they kicked me off the stage once I transitioned. Mm. And I haven't been back to church since. Wow. Um, multiple churches wouldn't allow me to be a worship leader anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not, I have not been welcome in a church in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so are, do you still identify, how do you identify religiously, um, now, or do are you, have, are you ridding yourself of this, like, okay. I don't put, like, Baptist, Catholic, I don't put any of that on there. I just, I believe in my God, a God of love, you know. And if I could find a church that would accept me, that would help out my religious beings and beliefs uh, a lot more. It would help me out through mm-hmm. life, you know. But there's just not churches like that, and it pushes me away, you know. Yeah. But I still remain a Christian, and I, I still pray uh, and stuff. But, you know, it's sad to see my story and what Christians have done to me. And how they have, you know, literally took me out of church. Mm. I don't think of God's work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whether you see me as a sinner or not, we're all sinners. And Jesus hung out with the sinners. He said, all who have sinned, throw the first stone. And no one could throw it. Mm. So I really understand a lot when it comes to religion. But I do know that there is a God, and he is a God of love and grace and forgiveness. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, within the religious, like the Christian context, um, how, like, you told me before you, um, before we started recording that you did a Bible search to help you understand, um, can you talk about that? Like, what, what were you looking for? What did you find? Well, I did find there is neither, I forget which, um, Bible verse it is, it is exactly, but it does say there is neither male nor female nor. You know, and when he's talking about heaven, he's talking about your soul. You know, mm-hmm. there's not male or female or this or trans in mm-hmm. heaven. Is what the Bible was saying. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was like, don't get all caught up here. Live your life here. You know, because in heaven, there's really no gender. It's your, it's all about your soul, who you are in your heart. It's true. Right. And that is what I found in the Bible. So I do not understand (laughs) (laughs) all of this toxic, toxic stuff is coming from. No. Oh, it's cat. I love the cat. (laughs) I don't know where it's coming from either. I have no idea. Because my God is a God of love. Even if you are a sinner. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't still treat people with love. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, there's two cats. This one's cute. Oh, <laughs> I like the other one too. <laughs> yes. Um, have you met other like what is what is like the trans Christian community? Have you found other trans Christians? Have you found uh, queer Christians? Uh, like, what is what what is going on in this in this like intersection of humanity <laughs> you know there are trans christians just like there's just regular trans people you know um, mm-hmm. just because there's a group of christians pushing other christians away doesn't mean that there isn't a group that still believes mm-hmm. um for example ryan casada is a famous trans guy advocate singer songwriter mm-hmm. and um he's a christian Mm-hmm. he's transgender and um, I really looked up to him for that because when I was going through my time and stuff he has a YouTube channel and stuff and uh, I was able to be helped through some of his videos on his YouTube channel oh, wow. and now we together so it's really nice that is incredible yes I'm curious about um, like what message do you want to say? There's several people, like, or several, like, groups of folks. And then we'll, I, will, I have a few other questions about your identity as well. Um, uh, actually, let me switch. First, sorry. Um, as a black trans man, um, what questions or what, like, conversations... Um, make you feel unsafe or unseen like the things that when you hear them you're like wow that's not kind because I feel like a lot of folks um for example like I'm a black woman um 
and when I listen to white people talk about malarkey of stuff, and they have no idea how hurtful that is, or that I'm going to be up all night talk thinking about all the stuff, and they have no idea. So, like, from your perspective as a trans man, what are those things when you hear them, you're like, ooh, I don't, I really need y'all to stop saying this, or to stop thinking in this capacity. Like, can you... Can you give some help in that way so that people can be more kind? kind of met. One of them is how we kind of met. You know, your gender is assigned by God. God was not confused when he made you. Mm-hmm. Um, and they start talking about those subjects and stuff like that. That That's where I'm like, oh, hold up. I got to take a stand here because mm-hmm. I don't want any other Christians hurting people like I was hurt in religion. Mm. Because you've heard all the work that I have done to get here. Mm. You know? So, hearing those things just makes me cringe. Mm -hmm. And um, I think when people say certain things like that, they are, they're spreading hate through religion. They're they're letting, they know what they're doing. Mm. Um, Another thing, would be kind of hard to think about on the top of my head like hey there's a lot of things people say about trans people it's so true (laughs) (laughs) if you come Um, up with some later it's okay but yes i can't think of anything okay got it um for sure Um, I think, um, just because of the, the climate that we're in right now, when people of privilege and access who have generationally had privilege and access are coming to, like, they, they have to have accountability for, for their malarkey and they just have no idea. There are, like you said, and like what I did see on Facebook when I finally met you and reached out and was like, oh, I need you to tell your story. But like some people have no idea. And then other people are malicious. And um, both of those can and often are quote unquote Christians. That's a cute. They're cute though. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, when it comes to um, people like who have no idea but want to be better, um, how, how can, from your perspective, what can they do in order to be kind, to be a better person, to someone who identifies the way that you do? If you're never sure on somebody's pronouns, always ask. Because it's better to ask them out of respect than to mispronoun somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not that's not cool, and it, it puts a lot of like uh, emotional stress on trans people when they don't when somebody doesn't get their pronouns correct. So just ask. That's 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 one thing. Another thing that people could do is just just put, put, try to put yourself in someone else's shoes and before you speak 
act out of love first. You know, if you if your intentions are out of love, more than likely it's not going to be that bad when it comes out. But if you're not thinking about what you're saying and you're just kind of, you know, going off about trans people or something, that's that's not cool. Just try to think about think about what you say first and try mm-hmm. to act out of love. Mm-hmm. It just seems so simple. I just don't understand why people don't do it. Just be nice, like, and be kind and right. have some love. Absolutely. Um, do you have a message for the the big C church? The what church? The big C church. Like, yes. How can how can church be better? Or like, what do you want to say to? Uh, if like a church leader is listening or a church elder uh, yes I would say whether you look at gender identity as a sinner or not we all make our mistakes and have our sins I don't understand why I can't help people lead worship and draw them closer to God. I don't understand me helping people with their relationship with God and get closer and worshiping with them is hurting anybody. Mm. Um, that would be my really number one wish is that for someone to just see me as a human Christian in no other, no other way so I can go and be like everyone else and worship with everybody else and pray with everybody else. I don't understand why I'm excluded. I shouldn't be excluded from praying with Christians, from worshiping with Christians, from leading Christians to mm-hmm. God. I don't understand what is wrong with that in the church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. What is, what is next for you? Like, where is your horizon when it comes to not just like being a trans man, but like, or also being a trans man, but like, uh, I heard you have a fiance, which is cute. Cause yes, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Cause Thank you. I personally think that I, I have many opinions when it comes to marriage, but I'm glad for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Um, you know, like, like you said, um, I grew up with, you know, religion and stuff, so it's still in my head a little bit. I'm Mm -hmm. on marriage. I, like, I want to have that, um, that one person that I can connect with and always count on and Mm -hmm. stability. I don't want to, I don't want another person. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? I just want one life partner that I can do life with because it's stressful trying to find another partner. It is. I have stories for days. It is very stressful. Yes, it's mm-hmm. stressful trying to find another partner, so you might as well just stay with one and stick it out. Oh, my gosh. I want to get married, so we're going to get married in September. Oh, my gosh. Please send me all the pictures so that I can, like, just gush out and yeah. Yes. Yes. That'll be precious. Congratulations. Okay, let me check my notes to make sure we covered everything. Drama, finding okay. real God, cult. Okay, trans. Okay, um, I think those are basically all my questions, except for my last two. Um, okay. So, I want to, let's see. 
are there things that like I forgot to say and I want to say them before we end and or also um, this is really important and I want to say it again or did you get everything off your chest I feel like I got a lot off my chest today Good. I needed I didn't get it all off my chest so yes. I think that um, I think we're all good Oh, wonderful. Can you tell people about your music, where to find you, how to support you, how to listen to your stuff? Absolutely. Um, I just released a song called Hope is in the Air with my car, and that is on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, Pandora, anywhere that you can find. And um, it's under King Aiden, A-I-D-E-N. Mm-hmm. And you can just Google King Aiden and all my music will pop up. I can't wait to listen to it. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. All right. Well, that's all I've got for today. Thank you so much for sharing your whole story. And I'm – oh, one more thing. Sorry. That was my last question. I almost forgot. Um, For people who are um, somewhere in their journey of being trans, what would you like to say to them? I would say stay true to yourself, stay you, and do not let anybody discourage how you feel on the inside, because that is your true happiness, and you need to go forward with that, because you don't know what the future holds. Oh, that was like totally a mic drop for the end of the session. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Oh, wonderful. Thank you. You are such a dream. King Aiden, thank you so much for sharing your story, your whole story with us. I was have been reflecting literally ever since I met you and I met you virtually about how you shared your existence, your purpose in the world, your kindness um, with the person who was so unkind uh, to you on the internet. And I only saw that one example and I immediately could feel the love just emanating from you and it wasn't even a a cry for for you to be seen but it was a cry for um love to emanate and for the love to change the world and that's amazing i want to be like you thank you for that for those of you who are listening um please like support subscribe follow send coins to king aiden uh he is on the instagram at king aiden and that's k-i-n-g-a-i-d-e-n and you can find his information in the show notes also i'll be linking it on my podcast uh and instagram page holy coitus so um you can find his work both in both of those places um also, if you are someone and you're like, you know what, I have a whole story or I have a story and I and I just have some opinions, I need to get some stuff off my chest, you are the perfect guest for the podcast. And so please consider sharing your whole story. It's such a fun experience for me and also for the guests that I have. Fun and liberating. So if this uh, titillates your fancy or your curiosity, send me a message and let's get you on the pod. All right, y'all. I told y'all once and twice and several times that King Aiden's music will be the way that we ended this podcast today. And so without further ado, here is a clip. Go find it on the, on the internet, y'all. Don't forget. Very important. 
see you next time, y'all. Bye-bye. Better days, that don't come up for free. But I be in and out, cruising down the street. Mama always told me don't be anyone but me. I got many secrets. It will rip your heart into pieces. Oh, 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 oh. I've had. Something better to believe in Heart on the ground